Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and I want to help you live with more clarity, confidence, and purpose so you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Matthew Bivens here, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me today, and it is a beautiful, beautiful day beautiful new opportunity for us to create our abundant, loving lives, whatever that looks like for you. Because what it looks like to me might be very different from what it looks like to you. But if you're here right now listening to this podcast, and it's because you feel empowered, you feel empowered enough to go out and to create that amazing life for yourself, or you're looking for a little bit of a boost and if that's what you're looking for, then I'm, I'm super thrilled that you're here because that's what we're all about. That's what the Having It All podcast is about. And today's episode is an awesome one. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about family, and I'm talking about what happens when we are family-centered and really exploring what family means to us. And this is, this is going to be cool because I imagine it's going to create some feelings of discomfort in some folks. Because family and, and blood and, and all of that stuff, like those feelings run deep. That's, that's stuff that's ingrained in us from when we're, you know, brand new spanking new babies. And so when we're exploring what that means and the impact of our definition of family, then I know some stuff's going to come up. So that's awesome. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I want to kick things off today by sharing magic. Sharing magic. Now, magic is your ability to influence yourself, others, and life in a powerful way. And we are creating magic all the time. But if we're not acknowledging the magic, then we're really missing out on all of that deliciousness that it has to offer and, and really that amazing impact that it has on our lives. Because, you know, every single day, you influence yourself to do things that you didn't think you could. Or you influence other people simply by who you are being. And all the time we're influencing life, we're influencing things that are happening in our lives, but we're not recognizing them. So that's what this is. And my magic this week happened over the weekend. A, an amazing, amazing friend of mine, her name is Sandy. She invited me to an event uh, because there was a podcaster who was speaking at this event. 
and she felt that I would love to just connect with a podcaster who's, he's been doing it for a few years longer than me. He's going on 10 years in the podcast game, which is awesome because podcasting is not that old. So if you've been doing this for 10 years, like you are a seasoned veteran in podcasting. Like you're one of that podcast elders if you've been doing it for 10 years. So she invited me to this event and it was awesome. The podcaster's name was is JB Glossinger and he's the host of Morning Coach. So some of you might be familiar with Morning Coach. You might even check out his show. Um, it's a it's a show he produces every single day. Every morning he puts out an episode of his podcast to just empower you, fill you up with some energy and 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 some some light so that you can go about your day and do your thing. So he's speaking at this event and he had a really great story. He had a really powerful message. And a lot of what he talked about is how he structured his business. And that's something that I was very interested in, learning you know, how a veteran podcaster structures his show and his business and his empire and his community, you know, and how he builds community. And so at the end of his presentation, he, he says that he's got a mastermind going on at the end of next month, and it costs 500 bucks. And so I wrote down on my paper, hey, look into the JB Glossinger mastermind. It might be something cool. And I look over to my right and Sandy is staring at me and she motions for me to hand her my notebook. And so I'm thinking, you know, because in this part in the presentation, it's wrapped up and we're going into Q&A. And I'm thinking Sandy is going to ask me to, you know, write down a question that she wants me to ask. And Sandy and I are, are real tight. We've been a part of uh, this community that we've been building and, and doing all these cool things. And so authenticity and boldness have been big in our lives, in both Sandy and, and my life. So I'm thinking she's going to challenge me to ask a very bold question to JB. And I started to get nervous because Sandy doesn't mess around. So whatever she was going to write on that paper for me to ask, I knew it was going to make me feel uncomfortable. You know, in front of a room of strangers, I was going to be asked to do something that I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to suck. So that's what I'm thinking and my heart's pounding. And then Sandy hands the notebook back to me and what she had written was, I would love to pay you, give you $500 and sponsor you going to JB's Mastermind. And my heart just filled with love and appreciation and gratitude. And I looked over at Sandy and I grabbed her hand and I just said, thank you. And um, when the whole event was wrapped, she pulled out her credit card and we bought my ticket right there. So Sandy gifted me with a really incredible experience that uh, I'm, I'm super thrilled and I'm, I'm very excited for. And that goes down in May. And uh, if anybody out there is interested, his uh, JB's mastermind is called Intelligent Life Design Recharge Retreat. So that's happening in May and I'm going to be there and just big thanks to Sandy for creating that magic. And so for you all, just keep thinking about the things that you're attracting into your life. You know, I attracted Sandy into my life and because who I am being, she saw that, you know, wow, Matthew really could benefit from this. Let me gift this to him. But if I was showing up in any different type of way, if I wasn't showing up as powerfully, she may not have felt inspired to gift that to me. So recognizing that magic and recognizing that, man, you are creating magic all the time. From the big things to the small things, like if you normally wake up in the morning and typically you grab your phone and you jump on social media, but this morning you decided to go outside and just take a deep breath of the fresh air and take in nature first thing in the morning, that's magic. 
you know, that's magic. That's you influencing yourself in a powerful, healthy way. And you need to recognize that. Like you deserve to recognize that because you're being amazing. And anytime you, you, you show up in an amazing way, like pat yourself on the back. So that's what we're doing with magic. Totally would love for you to share your magic with me. That'd be amazing. And I'm posting my magic right now in the Your Day Balance Game app. And so if you're following me on the app, you can see my magic and you can see all the different habits and things that I'm doing in my life to empower myself and just to keep my energy up and my health up. And um, at 31, I am at in peak, peak physical condition. Um, actually, that's not even physical. Mental, social, emotional, spiritual, physical. I'm like thriving right now and it's, it's really incredible. And I'm sharing a lot of that on the app. So if you're interested in that, you can go to theydbg.com. That's the Your Day Balance Game, ydbg.com. And so sending that love from Sandy, I want to segue to sending some love to a listener. I've been receiving tons of emails from you all lately. It's, it's been truly awesome. Uh, and I love it. I love when we can connect and, and really carry on these conversations. And um, I recently received an email from Wendy. And Wendy's subject line was just the word lost. And Wendy, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you so much for reaching out, for sharing with me your story, and for just being vulnerable. You know, like that vulnerability is powerful. Like it, it really takes courage and it takes boldness. And, you know, it, it, it takes like guts. It really does. It takes guts to share intimate things with people. And, you know, you did that with me and that was amazing. And I just want you to know that I can completely relate. I've totally been there. And what you're doing by asking those questions and probing and going into your inquiry, that's, 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 that's all you need to do, you know? And just like any of us on these journeys of life, you know, we, we, we're, we're, it's like the personal development, quote unquote, or the, the healing, all of that stuff. You know, it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. It's so easy to get down on ourselves and really criticize ourselves for not being further along in the process. And that's not the point, you know? When we get to a space where we can be comfortable with where we're at, we can be gentle and kind to ourselves, then we really start to, to win. And then we really start to see things move because any of that, that self-deprecating thought, emotion, activity, behavior, feeling, whatever, it just slows us down. So, Wendy, I feel you. I, I've been where you're at. And I just appreciate you reaching out. And if there's anybody else who wants to reach out just to connect, to share their story, to ask a question, to suggest a topic, um, or if you want to reach out and, and you know, share your situation, you want me to answer it in an episode, please do so. My, my email is mattcbivens at gmail.com. And I would totally love to connect and uh, just continue these conversations and, and just connect with the community. You know, because this is an abundant, loving life community. We are all people here who are seeking to experience abundance and be love in all of those six F's in life, faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. And so whenever we can have these conversations, um, you know, outside of the podcast, it really is a beautiful thing. So hit me up. Let's talk about family today. And boy, if you have been a part of this podcast for, let's say, the past year, maybe even less, you've been hearing my family saga. I think saga is the best word to describe it uh, because I've gone 
all over the place, up, down, left, right, in, out, to the mountaintops, to the depths of the ocean with my family recently over some situations that have gone down, uh, include, you know, involving myself, my sisters, my father. And I have been on that emotional roller coaster. And really, one of the things that I recognized is I've lived most of my life at different parts, time, you know, different times in my life being very family-centered. And I think like a lot of people, I grew up just believing that was not only the norm, but the healthy way. Like, that's how you do it. Your family is everything. Your family is priority. And, you know, blood over anything else. That was big. Like, blood family over everything else. And so, there was different pockets of time in my life when, you know, I might be away from my family and so I wasn't as focused on them. But still, when things would go down, it was like, I'm going to be there for family no matter what. I'm going to sacrifice for family no matter what. And all of that. And then the stuff went down in my family, you know, and then the, the stuff hit the fan. And it was really time for myself to go inward and really reflect on what family meant to me. Not only what family meant, but what my responsibilities to family were. And what I discovered for myself, and the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this is because I discovered that for me, family is more of a feeling. It's more of a feeling than an actual physical thing. It's not something I can put my hands on. And when I discovered that for myself, a lot of things shifted in my relationship towards my family and how I defined family. And I want to share that with you because I know that there are people out there right now listening who, you know, just like everybody else, like, like most of us, we've, we, we've gotten into that mindset of being family-centered. And now I'm not saying being family-centered is, is good or bad. I'm simply saying that there are some results that come with being family-centered that I think at least are worth exploring. And so I've actually gone through a process with my life coach to look at what family means to me. And uh, one of the things that I've been doing with my life coach, which has actually been incredible, amazing, uh, we've been creating what are called the seven guidelines. And the first one that we, we created was a, a new mission statement for me. And I'm going to be reading that on a future episode because it's a really powerful mission statement. And, you know, I've had a lot of questions about mission statements in the past. And so I want to sort of unpack what mine is and what it sounds like and, you know, in hopes that it might inspire some of you to, to look at a mission statement for yourself. So mission statement is, one of, is the first of the guidelines, but then we go into our roles, we go into our values, our goals. I'm looking at the standards I have for people who are in my inner circle and the standards for those who are in my outer circle. And then finally, the standards for my intimate relationships. And so it's when I'm looking at my values that family really came up. Because one of the things that we did is, is you know, we, I wrote down all of my values, as many as I could think. Um, and then I tried to collapse them and see how can I get my list down to my top seven. And then I prioritized my list. And then at that point, I defined what every one of those values meant to me. And family is one of my values. But when defining it, I realized that my definition of family 
is probably very, very different than, let's say, my sister's definition of family. And so in all of the things that were going on, when I would say, well, family is one of my top values, family is one of the most important things to me, she would say, like hell it is, because you're doing this, this, and that, and you aren't supporting us here, and I don't feel aligned with you there. And the reason why that was happening was because we defined family differently. And so I want to read a passage from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this is all about our centers. And because, you know, figuring out your center is part of the mission statement process and part of those seven guidelines. And so let's, uh, let's dive into this. And if you haven't read Seven Habits, I totally recommend picking it up. Uh, my copy has been read a number of times, and it's one of those books that I revisit pretty much every year because it's just, it's timeless. So here we go. Whatever is at the center of our life will be the source of our security, guidance, wisdom, and power. I'll say that again. Whatever is at the center of your life, meaning whatever is your the biggest priority in your life, is going to be the source of your security, your guidance, your wisdom, and your power. And now there's a lot of different centers we can have. You know, we can be, like we're talking about today, family-centered, spouse-centered, money-centered, friend-centered. There's a lot of different centers, but what happens when those centers are external is that we are hitching our wagon to those individuals, to those things. And as they go up and down with their emotions, going through what people do, well, guess what happens? We go up and down. And I read this because this is exactly what I was experiencing. Man, so I'm going to flip forward a couple pages and read to you what happens when we're family-centered. So this is family-centeredness. Stephen Covey writes, Another common center is the family. This too may seem natural and proper. As an area of focus and deep investment, it provides great opportunities for deep relationships, for loving, for sharing, for much that makes life worthwhile. All of those things are amazing. But as a center, it ironically destroys the very elements necessary to family success. People who are family-centered get their sense of security or personal worth from the family tradition and culture or the family reputation. Thus, they become vulnerable to any changes in that tradition or culture and to any influences that would affect that reputation. That's some heavy stuff. I'm going to read on because he talks about family-centered parents, which I'm a parent right now, and so I can relate to some of this stuff, right? So, family-centered parents do not have the emotional freedom, the power to raise their children with their ultimate welfare truly in mind. I am sure that statement just ruffled some feathers. <laughs> if they derive their own security from the family, their need to be popular with their children may override the importance of a long-term investment in their children's growth and development. Or they may be focused on the proper and correct behavior of the moment. Any behavior that they consider improper threatens their security. They become upset, guided by the emotions of the moment, spontaneously reacting to the immediate concern rather than the long-term growth and development of the child. They may yell or scream. They may overreact and punish out of bad temper. They tend to love their children conditionally, making them emotionally dependent or counterdependent and rebellious. 
So those are some of the things that may happen, tend to happen when we are family-centered. And again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just simply an experience, right? We get to choose the experiences we want in life. As when I was family-centered, because it's been a process for me to shift my center from something, from family to something else. And for me, that center now has been principles, being aligned with, with principles, being aligned with you know, my values, being aligned with my mission statement, and internalizing those things that give me security, guidance, wisdom, and power, as opposed to receiving those things from an external source. However, it's been a freaking process. And a big part of my process was going through my experience. When the fight went down between my dad and my sister and the family took sides and I was standing in the middle and experiencing all of that storm. I mean, that was a, it was a hurricane of emotions coming around. And I felt myself, because of my family-centeredness, I felt myself being pulled to one side, pulled to another side. If someone made a great argument, wow, I see their point. If someone has a great counterpoint, wow, I get what they're saying. And just being pulled all over the place, expectations of me, all of that stuff. I felt myself just being at the whim of what everybody else wanted and what everybody else felt was the quote-unquote right thing to do. And the last thing I want to read, again, this comes from Seven Habits. Covey has a chart where he talks about, you know, depending on your center, what it looks like when for your security, guidance, wisdom, and power. And so for security, if you're family-centered, your security is founded on a family acceptance and fulfilling family expectations. For security, if you're family-centered, your sense of personal security is as volatile as the family and your feelings of self-worth are based on the family reputation. I can relate. I can totally relate to that. Particularly when I was younger and I was stepping away from my family and family was what gave me a sense of security and peace and grounding but when I wasn't with my family, and especially when I was gone for long periods of time in college or whatever, I started to feel lost. I started to feel unsure of myself. And you know, I think part of that is a natural process of growing and maturing. But if that remains your center and you start to feel these things in other places, then you know, like I was saying, people are going to do what they're going to do. And if you only get your sense of security by what's going down with your family, I mean, family is going to you know, people are gonna gonna go left, go right. They're gonna do all sorts of things, and so your sense of security goes along with them. For guidance, if you're family centered, family scripting is your source of correct attitudes and behaviors. Oh my gosh, how many of us can can relate to that? The scripting that our family gives us, that they pass down to us when we're little kids. You know, that is the source of my correct attitudes and behaviors. Absolutely. That's where I got this idea that blood over everything else. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, and and from my dad's side of the family where I got my last name, Bivens, there was a lot of pride attached to that name. You know, the I'll tell you a story. I my 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 grandmother lives in Bradenton, Florida, and it's a little bit south of Tampa Bay. And she has lived there in the same house that my dad grew up in. They've been in that, that house for over 60 years. My grandmother has lived in the Bradenton area her entire life, and she's turning 95 this month. So her, you know, she's a staple in that community. And my grandfather, her husband, was a principal of the one of the big high schools in the community. So 
he was like a figurehead in the community. And my grandmother was a, a, a teacher. So the Bivens name was known in Bradenton, Florida, and it still is. And so a few years ago, I was visiting my grandmother and I l- dropped my wallet on the ground and I didn't realize it. And so later on in the day, I get back in my car and I drive back to the University of Florida where I was visiting from and I get a phone call on my way back. And someone says, hi, are you Matthew Bivens? And I said, yes. Oh my gosh, did you find my wallet? And they said, yes, yes, we did. And uh, you know, it's back here in Bradenton. So I turned around and went back. And I started chatting with the woman and and she actually lived a few doors down from my grandmother. And she said that she called me because of my last name. Because when she saw I was a Bivens, she recognized, oh, wow, okay, he's a Bivens. Let me return his wallet. Otherwise, that wallet was never coming back to me. My grandmother doesn't live in, in the best of neighborhoods. And so, you know, my cash was gone from the wallet. There was, you know, a little bit of money and that, that junk was gone. But they still wanted to return the wallet to me and some of the cards and stuff I had because of my last name. Now, I have known the pride behind my name for years. My grandmother always talked to me about passing down the Bivens name. We go back to Covey and that family scripting, my source of correct attitudes and behaviors, that absolutely was handed down by my family, right? And so what... I'm supposed to do as a Bivens in terms of academics, in terms of career, in terms of family, all of that stuff was handed down to me from my family. And when I was family-centered, I would feel a tremendous amount of guilt when I wasn't living up to what my family said were correct attitudes and behaviors. If I felt like I was letting my grandmother down because I didn't become a doctor like my dad. You know, all of that stuff, that the guilt and, and the self-judgment was because I'm sitting here being family-centered and I'm feeling like I got to do what they want me to do. Ooh, fascinating stuff. So back to guidance. If you're family-centered, your decision-making criterion is what is good for the family or what family members want. Exactly what I've been talking about. When it comes to wisdom, if you're family-centered, you interpret all of life in terms of your family, creating a partial understanding and family narcissism. Now, that's a fascinating one. So we interpret our life in terms of our family. You know, to me, that's like turning a blind eye to certain things that are going on in the world, certain realities, the way that people are, the way that times change, and just saying, nope, we don't, we don't, we don't focus on any of that. And having that, you know, almost a narrow view of the world. I've experienced some of that. I've experienced prejudice coming from people in my family who want to pass that worldview down to me. Fascinating stuff. The last one I'm going to read is power. If you're family-centered, your actions are limited by family models and traditions. So, again, I read all of that to give you an idea as to what can happen when we put family at the center of our lives. Again, not good or bad. It's just just a thing, right? And and it's okay if you want to be family-centered. A lot of us do. You know, it's just... Don't be surprised when stuff happens. And for me, I was family-centered and I was very surprised when stuff happened. I didn't like the experience. I didn't enjoy what was coming at me. I didn't enjoy the guilt. I didn't enjoy the, the nights where I was sleeping and feeling anxious and nervous because of what my family was thinking about me. Didn't enjoy any of that. So like I said, I went through my own process of looking at, 
okay, what does family really mean to me? What is family? And so what I'm going to share with you now is how I define family. Because again, I said it earlier, family for me is more of a feeling than an actual thing. It isn't necessarily a group of people, a fixed group of people. Family is how I feel about people, how I feel about myself when I'm around certain people. So there's six different different times or there's six different situations when I feel family. And this is all to just give you a little bit of insight on a different way to look at family. So here it goes. I feel family when I am understanding, accepting, and loving unconditionally those important people in my life. And my life coach, his name is Day, he, he created this really cool acronym called BABAS. So when I am understanding, accepting, and loving the BABAS in my life, I feel family. BABA stands for B, blood relatives, right? That's typically what we think of when we think of family. A is adopted, right? You can have adopted siblings. You can have an uncle or, no, maybe not. So yeah, we're just going to stay with siblings, right? So we have adopted siblings. The B is best friends, right? Because, man, I got a crew of boys that are my brothers. We aren't blood, but those dudes got my back no matter what right? Like they're my ride or die crew and you have them as well. You've got people in your life like these are my sisters. I can talk to them about anything, right? And we feel that connection and we call them family, but they're not blood. And the last A in Baba is Afino. And those are people who marry into the family. Those are like your in-laws. So I feel family when I am understanding, accepting, and loving the Babas in my life. And so for me, boy, going through the years of emotional, emotionally draining conversations with my mother and father and sisters, going through all those tears and all those fights and everything, and all the while doing my best to be understanding, to be accepting, and to be loving. That to me says, those people are family to me, because I wouldn't do that with people who weren't family. Again, it was because of the feeling, of because of what I was willing to do for them, not necessarily because of the blood. The next scenario when I feel family is when I'm fully trustworthy of supporting the Babas in my life, doing things like raising their children and inspiring them to be awesome people. And for me, that has a lot to do when I'm being trustworthy myself. When I'm a person whose self-worth is at such a high level that I know that I can count on myself to show up powerfully despite my emotions. And so when I'm doing that and I'm supporting my family and I'm encouraging my family, you know, my, my babas, that's when I feel family, right? When I'm being that person. The next scenario when I feel family is that when I remain open to receiving and surrendering to the feedback that my close, close group of people in my life provide me all the while holding a space of love and healing and growth for our relationship itself. And so what that looks like is, you know, if I look at the Babas, those are some of my, my closest friends, those people who I've created as my inner circle. And when I'm having conversations with them and those people are holding up mirrors to me and they're showing me who I'm being, they're showing me how I'm showing up, even if I don't want to hear it, even if I don't want to see it, And they're doing it despite 
how I might react. They're doing it out of love. They're doing it because they hold me in a powerful space and a powerful light. When I'm feeling that and when I'm seeing people do that, I feel family. I'm like, wow, you wouldn't do that if you didn't truly love me. And that sense that I get in those, in those situations, that's when I feel family. The last couple is, I feel family when I take time to share a meal and to fellowship with the most intimate people in my life. I feel family when I do that. You know, when I coordinate a potluck with my close friends and they come over to my home and everybody brings a dish and we break bread together and we laugh and we tell stories and we just reminisce and we, we strengthen those bonds of friendship. When I'm doing that, like, I feel family, you know? It reminds me of the movie Fast and Furious, right? Like, that was a whole crew of people. Only two of them were related. And yet they would come together and they would have these meals and, like, they were family. They were family, right? It went so much deeper than blood. The second to last one is that I feel family when I have this spontaneous internal excitement to build things and to create things and to manifest things with the people who are most intimate in my life. I feel family when that happens. And an example of that is I was at dinner with my sister a couple months ago and she was telling me about her new business. And my sister is an amazing interior designer and she is so tuned in with the universe and and energy and she's trained in feng shui and so she brings that element of things to her interior design so that when you walk into her spaces, not only are you are you pleased by how it looks and you're like, oh, this is cool. But you feel something because she's arranged the plants and the furniture and the pictures and the TV and the rugs in a certain way that the energy just flows. She's brilliant at it. And when we were connecting in that dinner and just talking, the sparks were going, I just felt lit up. I felt that excitement, you know? And I only feel that when I'm with family, you know? And it's a beautiful thing. And so the last scenario in which I feel family is when I'm spending quality time investing into the character and into the legacy of those babas. That's when I feel family. You know, when I am really just pouring myself into because of the space I hold for you, because I can see your greatness, even when you may not, you know, and that happens sometimes in my marriage and, you know, with Sarah, like there might be moments when she's in fear or she's, she's coming from a place of scarcity and I'm just reminding her of the amazing woman that she is, right? Of that divine goddess that she is. I'm just reminding her of those big games that she's playing and I'm reading to her her mission statement, right? When I'm doing that and I'm holding that space, that's when I feel family. So for me, family just goes way beyond blood. It includes blood, but you know, there's blood relatives I have that I never talk to. I never talk to, and I wouldn't necessarily do the things I just laid out to certain blood relatives simply because we might share blood somewhere in our, in our line. Because if that, if that was the case, I might have people come in and wanting my energy, wanting my time, maybe wanting my resources. And, I, you know, I, 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 ha- I protect that to an extent, right? Like I'm willing to give out to an extent. If you're family, I'm willing to go way, way deeper. And so it's really important for me to define what family was because I've experienced it. You know, like I still, I can still put myself in, in those spaces and those conversations I was having with my mother, father, and sisters where, man, I was just, my emotions were all over the place. 
you know, and hours and hours of conversation and going up and down and like that's stuff that that you 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 do, right? You do for people that are important in your life. However, because I had not truly defined what family meant to me, because I had not designated what my boundaries were for family, and because I was still so family-centered, I got whipped around. And it absolutely wasn't sustainable for me. And it's not something I, I want to experience again. And so my hope with this episode is just to make you think, simply to make you think, simply to give you a different perspective you know, a different way to look at this thing that we so commonly just overlook and assume and, you know, we take what other people tell us and we run with it, whether or not it works for us, right? So do some reflecting, you know, what does family mean to you? Define it for yourself. What are you willing to do for family? For those individuals that you consider family, are you willing to lend them $1,000? Are you willing to let them crash at your house for a week? Are you willing to let them watch your kids? right? And if the answer is no, then maybe look at what family means to you and create a definition around family so that anyone you consider family, you will, you know, whatever it is that you feel open to extending to them, you'd be, you do it in a heartbeat because you know when somebody meets your criteria as family. And so if you have thoughts on this, if, if you, if you go through that exercise and just kind of write it down, I would love to hear what you define as family. You know, it's going to be unique to all of us. And I think it'd be really cool to hear what you all consider family. So hit me up, reach out to me and connect and, and tell me what you think about this episode and, you know, your feedback and your thoughts and your ideas, all that great stuff. And you can reach me at mattcbivens at gmail.com. And um, I look real forward to connecting with you and just continuing these conversations. And, you know, all of this stuff is so important because, again, family is one of the six F's. And what we talk about here on Having It All, this is a system, right? Like I'm presenting you a system to create more abundance and love in your life because I truly believe that this universe is abundant. There is an abundance of happiness and peace and love and joy. There's also an abundance of guilt and sorrow and pain if that's what we want. It's there for us. And so what I am playing for and what I know many, many of you are playing for is, a, is an experience of life that is one of love, where I'm being love, where I'm receiving love. And an experience of life where the result is abundance all over the place. Abundance in my faith, abundance in family, abundance in friends, abundance in fitness and health, abundance in my finances, and an abundance of fun. And so these conversations, you know, we're working on in, looking at some of our beliefs seeing where we have scripts that don't really serve us anymore. And then being bold enough to shift things, to make standards, to stand for ourselves, to love on ourselves, to deposit into ourselves. That's what we're doing on this show. And so I appreciate you hanging out with me. It really does mean a lot. I love you. I do. And my name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you creating and experiencing your abundant loving life. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health.
Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.